Week six of Locked On ACC is here. We are recapping today's show, and Mandy did not have all the spice. Apparently, it's the media's fault when we hype up teams. It's the media's fault when we tell it like it is. And heh, on today's show, we're going to do just that. As we go over Virginia Tech, we go over Louisville, and then my go over our favorites, Georgia Tech, because they just squeaking out wins wherever they seem to get them. I can't wait to go over all of this with Kenton Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack. Boy, do we have a show for you. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, and I've got Kenton Gibbs from Locked on Wolfpack in the building. Kenton, what it do? I'm great as always. I'm very perplexed uh, by the ACC, but I guess we're going to talk through it and figure it out together. You know, it's one of those things where I feel like if you talk it out, you can heal easier because it's just never going to be easy when it comes to what these teams are going to do in this conference. You always think you figured them out, and then next thing you know, they just throw you a curveball. So let's get right into things. As we know, on Monday's show, we are so thankful that you make us your first listen here on the Locked On ACC podcast. You can get it wherever you listen. Mondays, we give recaps. Tuesday, we give a little more recap. Wednesday, we have power rankings. Thursday, we give you a preview. And Friday, we get you a preview, and we get you in on some betting action. So let's kick things off with the Atlantic Division, go through the Coastal, and then finally our game of the weekend. So let's start with our team in Louisville, right? I just want to know, they played Virginia. They lost by one. They're coming off their second loss. They got close loss to Wake Forest, losing by three. And now they're just trying to squeak out wins wherever they can find them coming up here. We'd like to know your thoughts on this team and a game where it seems as if Virginia's defense on paper shouldn't be that good, and yet they were able to squeak one out here. I'm confused by Louisville. Hmm. I don't know what they are. I don't know if they're a really bad team, if they're a good team that's just had some bad breaks. or And granted, in the Power Five, the margin of error between being a good team who caused some bad breaks and being a bad team is this is that you could slide a paper in between it. Uh, but I'm confused by this Louisville team because yeah. they're always in the games. They just can never seem to win them. And early in the season, they were getting blown out left and right. So you figured like, oh, this is going to be a really bad team this year. But no, the fighting Satterfields are getting it rolling. They're, they're competing every week. You know, you have your Malik Cunningham's on the day for 270 yards. You had him rushing with his usual crew, right, in Hall, Mitchell, and Cooley, and yet they couldn't quite get it done when it came to, you know, just finishing the game. You have give anytime you give Virginia a chance with a guy like Brennan Armstrong, it's going to make for a long day. Of course, Louisville is struggling with some injuries, right? They have they don't have their full squad, but at this point in the season, so is everybody. So I'm still just trying to understand is Satterfield safe in his job? Or do you feel like some things are going to seriously have to change from here moving forward to let me know that you are trying to make this program a little bit better than what it currently is? I mean, the only reason why I would say I'm worried about Satterfield's job is not just that they lost this game. It's how they lost. Mm -hmm. You allowed 21 points in the fourth quarter. You go into the fourth quarter up 30 to 13, and you allow 21 points in the fourth? 
Huh? You can't do that. It's flatly unacceptable. That is a recipe for getting getting yourself up out the paint. It really and truly is. So is that a team giving up? Is that a coach's decisions in down the stretch really, you know, hindering your you're hindering the performance of your players or is that simply a strong will of a 487 yard day from a guy like Brendan Armstrong and you just really can't help those situations I think that it was partly contributed to by Satterfield taking his foot off the gas too early mm-hmm. that what you had done all along continue to do the hay is never in the barn if you have an inexperienced team the hay is never in the barn if you have a team even if they are experienced, they've just found ways to lose. The hay is never in the barn. Yeah. Keep it up. All gas, no breaks. Because the minute you take that break, the other team is saying, oh, well, let's see what we got here. Let's see what we can do here. And and Virginia saw what they could do there, which is put up 21 points to pull off a, a win last second. Yeah, no doubt. And complacency certainly kills. But, you know, from someone who's played in the Atlantic in yourself, you've seen, you know, the air where it was more dom- more dominant from certain teams and, you know, definitely far reach for others. How would you place any of these teams in the Atlantic? You know, you have NC State and Wake Forest, right, two of the top contenders, but a team like Louisville who's trying to find their way in the mix. Are they out of it for now, right? We'll come back next season and see what we can do. Or do you think there's still opportunities for them to, you know, make themselves known in this division? Here's the thing. I know that it's really early and we only say this normally towards week nine, 10. There are certain teams that control their own destiny in the conference. Louisville is not one of them. Hmm. Louisville is not a team. And, and by control their own destiny, of course, I mean in a literal sense of, oh, if you went out, you'll be fine. But even beyond that, I extend that out to by control your own destiny. I mean, you're good enough to where looking at your schedule, I know if you don't fumble it away, you have enough to get to the conference championship. I don't believe that Louisville has that. The Atlantic this year is loaded. The Coastal is still where you want to be because, honestly, Pitt and company, I'm not sold on what they are or not. So after Pitt, who's next? Who do you have next? I mean, a Braxton Burmeister that can't throw the ball? Brennan Armstrong going to do what he do, but that defense for Virginia, it's a reason they had to put up 21 in the fourth to go ahead and, and get back into the game. Then after that, you got Georgia Tech, another team you don't know which Georgia Tech going to show up every week. Then you got UNC, and apparently it's the media's fault. So we can't talk about UNC or else Mac Brown going to come after us. And then you got Miami and Duke, which I that's all I need to say. The fact that you Miami know. is considered with Duke is all I need to say. So, Well, it's- it, I- <laughs> I love that you mentioned that, but I feel like you are absolutely right. Certain teams have control their own destiny, but that's because they play damn near perfect. And that's the Wake Forest's in the NC State to the world. You have to play your best game to beat them this season, right? Wake Forest is known as a team who who does not make a lot of mistakes and doesn't allow you to capitalize on if they do happen to make one. But that's, that's my point exactly as far as control your own destiny. Because NC State has a loss on this season. And the loss that they have, they left conservatively, by the most conservative estimates, 16 points on the board. Wake Forest has been living on the edge. They've been living dangerously against Syracuse. <laughs> Both of those teams have flaws, very obvious flaws, that NC State, for whatever reason, 
What I don't know why, but it, even against Clemson, they left points on the board. I don't know why they keep doing it. I don't know what's going on with their deep passing game to where their receivers still don't know how to track balls this deep in the season. Wake Forest, they they're very reliant on uh, what's that receiver number seven? What's what's his name? He called three touchdowns. Perry, Rob. Oh, At Perry, Mister Perry. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't supposed to be the number one guy, but it seemed like he was at Syracuse. It seemed like they couldn't get nobody else open in the Carrier Dome. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Louisville is not one of those teams that I say, Wake Forest, yes, they're in the category of they control their own destiny. But even them, I'm not sure if they're better than every team that they have going forward. NC State, I definitively believe that they're better than everybody else they have in front of them. But which NC State team are we going to get? Are we going to get Mississippi State, NC State showing up again? Or are we going to get Clemson, NC State? Or are we going to get USF, NC State, which I think was the best NC State we've seen all season? You don't know. Because USF is not winning some games and looking like a decent team. So who knows? A lot to throw up in the air there. I would love to go over, you know, the rest of these teams, mainly Virginia Tech, because they played Notre Dame and they were supposed to put on for the squad. They were supposed to hold all of us down, right? I was expecting a lot of things. They're playing in Blacksburg. So I'm saying it's a recipe for you to do well. And yet, here we are talking about another hokey loss. But want to remind you guys about some prize picks. It's a daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you will too. They are the leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world. All of the users, let me tell you, you can use your promo code to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. If you use promo code LOCKED ON, PrizePix allows mixed sports entries. So if you want to have a combination of a Sam Hartman or a Sam Howell, you are able to do so. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. It is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks again. That fantasy is made easy. So we're here with Kenton Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack, and we are going over week six recap. We talked about Louisville and their sluggish loss, but now we are here facing Virginia Tech, the Hokies. Frustrated me more than I'd ever thought possible because you have everything in your midst to be successful. You're in Blacksburg. You're playing a Saturday night game. Enter the Sandman energy. And I'm telling you what, if there was ever a time to beat a Notre Dame team, this is the year. It comes down to a final kick and Notre Dame's able to squeak one out 32-29 on the evening. <sighs> what went wrong? Ken, let's start here for the Hokies. Um, I, it's the same thing that's always been wrong with this team. I don't, again, I find you a quarterback who can throw the ball, find you a quarterback who can throw the ball and don't get me wrong. There was a huge play late where Trey Turner had a ball after Braxton Burmeister went out because he got hurt running the ball. There was a play where he hit Trey Turner on some extended hands. So Trey, you got to come up with that ball, but Find a quarterback who can throw the ball. The man was 50%. Let's let's look at his numbers, shall we? Let's yeah. look at the mighty Braxton Burmeister or BB3 as they call him up in Blacksburg numbers. 15 for 30. Hmm. 50% completion percentage. 184 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. I find it very interesting that, you know, I heard Jesse Palmer's call of the game, and I thought to myself, 
this is not the way that you were talking about DJ against Boston College last week. Because everything DJ did wrong, you, mm, what's happening here? Meanwhile, Braxton Burmeister is, well, you know, they need to scheme up something to get, but that's another story for another time. Long story short, Virginia Tech needs to find a quarterback who can throw the ball. They are very effective running the ball, which is amazing considering, honestly, teams don't have to respect their passing game at all. Teams can say, hey, um, we're going to load up the box. Every Everything that's not out wide, I want you in the box. If you don't have to play man up on the receiver, I want you in the box. And they can live with that because Braxton Burmeister is dangerous when he runs. He's dangerous when he extends plays. He is not dangerous in a designed offense. He is not dangerous in a three-step, this is where you get the ball to. Five-step, this is where you get the ball to. Play action, read one, read two, read three. This is where you get the ball to. He's not dangerous there. So, Yeah. I think that's what's difficult, but not only do you not have a great passing game, but also if you're not going to be a great passing team, you've got to be a great rushing team, right? If you're going to beat a top 15 team and they still were out um, rush from Notre Dame, 175 to 134. And then when you talk about turnovers, right? For, uh, Notre Dame had two, same as Virginia Tech, having two interceptions on the day. I'm thinking to myself, you always have to pay for mistakes. I don't think Virginia Tech was able to do that in a way that ultimately sealed their win, right? I think it's one of those things where you start saying, in order to be a great team, you're going to have to figure out how to make people pay. And especially knowing you don't have the offense that can necessarily capitalize, you have to give your players some sort of success. So is that a coaching thing with Fuente? Or do you just make some little bit of a piece knowing you don't necessarily have those skilled players and you live to just see you do the best that you can? Here's the thing. Virginia Tech has not recruited well enough now. And historically, they've been a little better because that that the area that they're recruiting, Virginia is a hotbed of, of football, basketball talent. They that's that's something that they do. But they don't have the type of talent to where they can be one-dimensional. If you're gonna be a one-dimensional team, you better have a very unconventional system or talent like the world has never seen. I mean, they're going down there. If you take a page out of Charlottesville's book, <laughs> the team in Charlottesville, they have a one-dimensional program right now, but they have a world star quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. So you can go ahead and do that when you have that. And and even with uh, Brendan Armstrong, he presents you with multiple problems. Yes, Brendan Armstrong can run the ball very well, but when he decides to tuck it back and use that left rocket left arm of his – it's a howitzer. You never know where it's going to go, but he can fling it a country mile. He can do something with the ball, and he's getting more and more accurate. He's been more accurate this season, I believe, than he was last season. So with Braxton, that's the problem. With Virginia Tech, that's the problem. You don't have the type of depth and talent to be one-dimensional. If only they had a quarterback who would throw the ball. There is this guy down in Rocky Top named Hend- – never mind, we're not going to go there. But um, they at the end of the day – their 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 problem is simple. You need a guy who can just make the plays he's supposed to make in the passing game. So you and want I him to be a better game manager. Hmm? So you think he should be a better game manager? I, absolutely, absolutely. And here's the thing: a lot of people look at the phrase "game manager" as if it's pejorative and talking about quarterbacks. And I joked about Devin Leary beating the game manager allegations. But that's because Devin Leary has a big arm and he can push the ball down the field. That's where, where I think he's best. A game manager just means you hit the throws that you're supposed to make from about 15 to 20 yards in. Everything under 20, you're on time, you're on rhythm, you're accurate, you're precise. 
if Braxton was that, they would have won this game. They would have won this game. But I think Burmeister definitely has the arm and talent to do so. The accuracy is where we get a little dicey. Again, congratulations <laughs> for running the ball well, son. Good job. But at the end of the day, your job is to move the offense forward. Because I would never, if they ran a triple option and he run the ball like you do and he throws the ball like you do, I wouldn't say anything about it. Hey, that's what the offense calls for. You run a more conventional offense than that. So you have to have the ability to, at a high level, at a consistent level, hit receivers when they're open. And your inability to do so is killing your team. It's just killing your team. Fair enough. Now let's hit quickly Georgia Tech and Duke. Georgia Tech pulling out a squeaky coastal division win against the Blue Devils, 31-27. Jeff Sims' accuracy is a little bit – you talk about accuracy. That's a guy to where I was expecting a little bit better, but came away with some great rushing yards. Him and Jameer Gibbs kind of put on a show when it came to the offense for the Yellow Jackets, but it was dicey. They had to come from behind and ultimately win and seal thanks to an interception thrown by Gunnar Holmberg in the last minute of play. And I'm sitting here saying, what is this Georgia Tech team who can blow out a Carolina, who can lose horribly to a pit, and barely beat a Duke squad? But honestly, I think that those three things are all in line and make sense. I think that Pitt is by far and away the best team in the Coastal right now. I think that Duke is not a very good team, but they're fundamentally sound. They just don't have athletes. They just don't have the horses in the stable to compete. I disagree with that. I think that, that UNC is a very bad team. They're a bad team, so it makes sense. It makes, And don't get me wrong. Am I saying that Duke is better than UNC? No, absolutely not. Head-to-head, didn't UNC watch Duke? 38-7, yeah. Of course. But UNC has holes against what Georgia Tech does, and we all know that, you know, we see it with the Wilder Fury fights. Fighters don't make fights. Styles make fights. What Georgia Tech does well is what UNC has a problem with stopping. They run the ball extremely well in droves. They bring a lot of guys, boom, 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 downhill, no frills. We coming, right? UNC can't stop that. Duke, very fundamentally sound, just don't have a bunch of athletes that are going to be able to make plays uh, offensively. Outside of Mr. Durant, I I hear a lot of good things about Gunnar Holmberg. I haven't seen him. I think people sleep on Jake Bobo. I think people sleep on Jalen Calhoun. I just feel like Gunnar Holmberg struggles to connect with them when it matters. But if you sit here and tell me you have, whoever hasn't seen Jake Bobo play, you're missing out. Like he is one of the top five tight ends in our conference. Listen, I think that his weapons on the outside are fairly good. Offensively, I think that's where they're more talented. Defensively, skill position wise. That's why I say they don't have the horses in the stable to keep up. You couldn't up. have been watching that game because defense was the only way Duke was in that game. Leonard no, Johnson. No, 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 no. What, what I'm saying here is not for this game. I'm saying as a whole, Jeff Sims, if you can stop the run, which I have said, if you are fundamentally sound, you will have a, a decent shot at stopping the run, which Duke is. They're fundamentally sound. They're going to be a gap, a hat, a gap, a hat, a gap, a hat. That's what they do. They're going to be okay. good at that. 
But what I'm saying is against a team that can throw the ball well, they're going to struggle. Against a team that has a big play receiver, i.e. Josh Downs, they're going to he's going to run and run and run and he's going to put up a great as great of a number as he wants to put up. I'm not disrespecting Duke. I'm saying that they are to me whole team wise better than UNC, but their Achilles heel is what UNC does well. UNC throws the ball well with Josh Downs and, and Sam Howe. Duke does not have a secondary to take care of that. They are good at stopping the run. Georgia Tech is good at running the ball. That's just what happened there. The The matchups made the fight, and everything, according to what I saw, made sense. I want you to run that back then, because Jeremiah Lewis and Leonard Johnson would like a word in the secondary. They just want a word. They just want, just want a little word. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm asking yeah, they you. They can have whatever word they want, but they uh-huh. had That's what I'm asking have, you. They had their chance to have a word when the guys in Argyle came to their stadium. They had their chance. That wasn't their fault. Because at the end of the day, Gunnar Holmberg threw an interception. I mean, defense put them in games, and they did not capitalize on said turnovers. That's not defense's fault. You as a defensive person, I know you wanted to cuss out plenty of quarterbacks who don't come away with points after you guys work your tail off to get some interceptions or some fumbles or takeaways. Absolutely. But I also knew I can't cuss anybody out if I'm allowing long drives that don't come off turnovers, which they did. This Georgia Tech game, this Georgia Tech game, the defense did what they were supposed to do. They kept they kept Duke in that game. This Mm -hmm. game, I am defense, Duke defense, my hat goes off to y'all. All All respect, all love. Okay. But what I'm saying is if I'm looking at the whole body of these teams and what they've been so far this year, you telling me Georgia Tech got uh, Georgia Tech beat UNC, who then whooped the wheels off of Duke who then had a close game against Georgia Tech, I'm not surprised by that. The styles make it make sense. I'm not surprised by anything in the Coastal anymore, so that's that really is that. Well, but I'll I wanna... tell you what. I okay. wouldn't be surprised by anything in AC. And I'm sorry to cut you off, and I, cause no. I know you got to get to your break. But I'm, I'm not surprised by anything in the ACC because when I talk about controlling their own destiny, I think the only team that controls their own destiny from this nope, point No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. No, no, no. Okay, hold it. Just hold it, please. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. All right, y'all. If there's anything that you should do so far this week, it is make sure you are nice and fueled and ready for a great week seven. And you can only do that if you're equipped and fueled with Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar there is. They're not only best flavors, but they are healthy too. Only 17 to 18 grams of protein. I have really enjoyed so far mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, and double chocolate. Clearly, you can see I have a thing for some chocolate, but all the bars are 100% covered in chocolate there. There is something for everyone. If you want to get a little bit of each, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of all of the nine flavors and I'm telling you what, you will not be disappointed. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So we're wrapping up today's show here with Kenton Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack, and he is telling me that there are two teams, apparently, that control their own destiny here in the ACC. But before you do that, was there a game this weekend where you were impressed or was there a game this weekend where you were sorely disappointed by this, the what you saw on Saturday's matchups? I'll tell you what. I, I continue to be impressed. 
I have been on the Justin Fuente slander uh, bandwagon from day one. I have been there. Captain, I will admit that. Probably putting the coal in the train to get it going. I have admit. Oh, I was, trust me, I was the conductor. I was choo yeah. choo the, the slander <laughs> train coming, y'all. I can admit that. What I will say is what he is doing with Braxton Burmeister at the head of this offense, to have that, because to be, I don't think that there, I think that there were multiple good games this weekend, but that per, was my personal game of the week. And with that being said, I'm impressed that he keeps this team in games like this. Because I don't think that Notre Dame this year is world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but to have his team even in position to win. And I watched that game wire to wire, start to finish. And I thought to myself, wow, they're really competing. They're really fighting. So to me, I mean, they've, they've done all they can. Uh, and that's impressive to me. So, yeah, there's that. My, yeah, my game of the week would definitely have to be Duke and Georgia Tech, only because I really felt like that was a game that made me say, okay, at least Duke is fighting, right? Oftentimes you see some teams that are lowly at the bottom and you're saying, okay, they don't have the, t- they don't have the horses in the stable and they're not – they just don't have it. But to see Duke fight in the way that they did made me feel as if you have the talent, <laughs> you could put the pieces together when you want to, but let's keep it a band. Some of these coaches' decisions is why you are sitting where you are. And I hate that, right? I hate the fact that I have to have a conversation about Coach Cut because that's my guy. Like, y'all know I go hard in the paint for Coach Cut. And yet I'm sitting here watching Mateo Durant get swallowed up in the backfield, and then you're trying to have Gunnar Holmberg be your hero, and that just doesn't work the way it should, right? So I just – that was my favorite game because I felt Duke fight I know there is a conference win on the horizon for them, but man, that one was it because they now have to play their next home game against Pitt, and that could get uglier than they want for sure. Well, you, you said that their secondary is pretty good. Well, we time, to see. Show, time to show and prove, boy. Show and prove. But you, show improve. you said there are two teams that have to control their own destiny here in the conference as we wrap things up. Would love to know your thoughts on who those two are and why. I'm sorry. After looking at Wake Forest schedule again, there's a one team in this conference. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh I don't mean to, I don't mean to step on any toes. I don't mean to disrespect anybody. Except. But looking at Wake Forest schedule, there's at least two teams that I'm looking at like Y'all going to have a tall task in front of you. And I'm not even talking about NC State here because I know people are going to say, oh, you just love your your alma mater and all that. But honestly, Army and that triple option, that's always going to be a tough out. Um, and their, their problems in the secondary against UNC, that's going to be a tough out. And they still got Clemson on the back end. Like, we've all kind of stopped talking about Clemson because they're not in the national picture. In terms of the ACC, they're right. They're right there. They got one loss. They they got one loss so far. They're not. They're no longer in a position where they control their own destiny because the team that they lost to still doesn't have a loss. But I mean, wait, you got some tall tasks ahead of you. And again, I'm not even talking about NC State. I'm assuming that they'll do fine and beat NC State in this scenario. And you still got three games where it's like, even if you say Army can't do nothing with you defensively, okay, sure. You still got two games where it's like. Mm. It's interesting that you don't even mention Boston College in the equation that they do have to face as well. Grossell, Grossell can't figure it out. 
the poor baby came. He was gonna figure it out by last week of play. I hope so. I hope so. In the words of Kodak Black, I hope so. Because if we don't quote Kodak on this show, just so that's fair. That's okay. But if if not, I mean the the fumble against Clemson where he couldn't just figure out how to lay on the ball and go to next time. You know what? Next. See, we're not not here to take there's NC State. We're here to uplift the children. NC State controls their own destiny. They're good enough to where if they do what they're supposed to do from this point on out, I don't believe that there's a single game that they won't be favored in if they just do what they're supposed to do. So if State's going to win the whole thing. I'm not saying that because State <laughs> has had tendency to state it up. Now, I ain't going to lie to you now, but I'm saying that they're the only team that I look at the rest of their schedule and say, this seems manageable. The, the brunt of your schedule, the hard part of your schedule is behind you now. Hmm. The only thing that worries me is Derek Pitts Jr. has a very hard time of tracking the ball sometimes. And you play that game against Sam Howell and Josh Downs, strike up the band. The boys in Argyle are going to be having a good old party in your end zone. Sweet Lord. All right, Kenton, it's always fun to talk to you and make sure that we can, you know, love on NC State as much as possible, apparently, on this show. Can you please remind folks, if they want to get more information on the Wolfpack, where they can find you, follow your work? Well, you can find me at LO underscore Wolfpack on Twitter. Uh, locked on underscore Wolfpack, wherever you're listening to uh, this podcast now. You know, it's it's always a, a good time. And at the end of the day, I always try to keep expectations uh, managed because the media don't want to pump up expectations too high on North Carolina teams anymore. We don't want to do that because I don't want Dora coming after me. Ken, you set the expectation too high. I don't want that. But, yeah, that's where you can find me uh, anytime. It's always a pleasure. And yes, you can find him there. Make sure you guys tune in to the AC Locked on ACC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts, giving you that best conference news whenever possible. Tomorrow, we've got JJ Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils. Maybe I'll talk to him more about Georgia Tech and Duke and we'll have a better time than I had here today. But you never know. It's always, it always can make for a good show. We hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And until next time.